So according to the schedule, the Washington Capitals have the Arizona Coyotes tonight. We'll talk about that alleged hockey game. TJ Oshie and, yes, Joel Quinville here on Locked on Caps. Your Locked on Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Locked On Capitals. I am your host, as always, the insider to the insider, Tyler Kuehl, here on this Friday, fun day, Friday edition of Locked On Caps here, October the 29th. This is a couple days from Halloween, and things are getting a little spooky around the NHL. We'll discuss all that sort of stuff. I should make it clear, though, I will not be making the mistake of saying tomorrow or messing up on the day because I'm actually recording this in the morning. I, it is 7 a.m. here in um, in my office, and I can tell you right now, I am slowly regretting it, but it's okay. That's why this lovely cup of coffee. I had to get myself a uh, a bag of Tim Hortons coffee a couple weeks ago because God forbid that the place I live has Tim Hortons anymore. I'm a, I'm a Timmy's fan uh, for all of you folks. Uh, Tim Hortons, by the way, if if you do not, if you've never been to Canada or anywhere north, uh, northern uh, United States, is a wonderful uh, donut and coffee chain. It's the best thing ever. I used to get breakfast sandwiches and coffee and donuts every Friday. And then the shops all by me, all three of them, uh, closed on the same day. So, that, yeah, that was a, a very sad day. But anyways, hopefully this will help me power through. And I got to say thank you all very much for making Lockdown Capital as your first listen today and every day, free and available on all platforms. But you know that because you, you, you're listening to this for free because you're smart. It's, it's actually pretty easy to, to listen to it for, for without paying anything. If you want to pay me, that's fine. I can just DM us at Locked On Capitals, and I will send you my PayPal information. Just fill that bank account with thousands of dollars. I'm pretty sure my wife would appreciate it as well. So anyways, what are we going to talk about today? Well, first off, we're going to get into TJ Oshie news, injury news on the injury front for the Washington Capitals. We'll also talk about their game against Arizona tonight, which is uh, Arizona is a hockey team. They're a team. If I dare use Pierre Dorian's phrase from a couple years back, we will touch on Joel Quinville there towards the end as well when we give you the score recaps from last night and the games on tap for tonight. I just, I, I know, I know this is a Washington Capitals show, but I feel like this is a story that kind of, dare I say, transcends individual teams and talks about because now this is not just a Chicago Blackhawks problem. This is an NHL problem. But we'll get to all that as we move along here on Locked On Caps here today. So, TJ Oshie, out week to week with a lower body injury. How did this happen, Tyler? Well, kids, let me tell you. I it was it was the third period on Wednesday against Detroit. Close game. At this point, it was 2-2. Shot from the point came. I forgot who took it. I don't remember if it was the Kaiser or who was out there. It could have been Ronick. It hit Oshie right in a weird spot in the foot. And as soon as I saw, because the Capitals, I get the block shot, they break it out of the zone. I see Oshie go on the right side of my screen towards the bench slowly. And I'm like, oh, that's a problem. Because I, I've seen, it, it's so hard. that Whenever I see a guy go down to block a shot or get in the way of a shot, you just hope and pray it hits him in the shin pads. Because if it doesn't, God knows what can happen. Unfortunately player skates 
are not built to withstand block shots like that. Yes, the modern skates have a little bit more protection than they used to back in the day than you compared to your old leather CCM tacks for all of you, for all of you, uh, I guess older generation folks probably know what I'm talking about there, but still, and you, there's not a lot of forwards out there that wear those plastic protectors that defensemen strap to their skates. So it's, there's not a whole lot of protection down by the feet. And that's why whenever I see a guy block a shot, I say to myself, man, that guy, that, I mean, as a former goaltender, people say, oh, you're crazy for getting the way of slap shots and all that stuff. I'm like, uh, what about the guys that don't have as much padding that are going down and get in front of these shots? Oshie could have peeled off, but he just happened to be coming up towards the top, saw the defenseman, got in the way, helped out Vitek Vanacek, unfortunately is out week to week. Not really an official diagnosis, maybe just a bone bruise that has to kind of sit on for a minute. Um, Obviously, that can easily change. There could be surgery, but as of right now, there is no confirmed diagnosis to what it is, just the typical hockey week to week, which means that we're going to be seeing him alongside... Nicholas Backstrom and that being out of the lineup. Now, I don't think the phrase LTIR has come into the minds yet of McClellan and Peter Laviolette, but we'll obviously keep tabs on that. This, of course, coming out yesterday, so that can obviously change as he gets reevaluated today around morning skate time. But the big question with that is, who steps up? Who comes into that place? Now, that's a very interesting question because remember what we literally just talked about yesterday, guys. Hendricks LaPierre or Connor McMichael. All of a sudden, that is no longer a question. I'm, I'm not sure because, like I said, LaPierre has now only played four games after Wednesday night's contest. Most likely going to be up in the lineup tonight. I wonder if they're really going to reevaluate TJ Oshie hard based on the fact that he can go back to junior still. We mentioned that. But he cannot play 10 games. He's at the halfway mark after he plays tonight, after he gets in the lineup tonight. Uh, I, you know, it's all, I think it really now it's up to him. It's by that, I mean, it's up to him to show the coaching staff, the front office in DC, that he can be an everyday NHLer and be an effective one as well. Will this mean he gets more playing time? There is a possibility. Now, TJ Oshie is listed as a winger, so we're not quite sure if that's going to really. Throw a whole wrench in the lineup here. Who gets in? Who gets out? I'm just going to quick click their lineups from Monday or Wednesday, excuse me. Let me see if I can pop. Here we go. Uh, let's see. Because Lapierre was, oh, Lapierre played the wing. Because Lapierre can play center too. He's been listed as playing center before. Does this mean just because the fact that Oshi is out, Connor Sherry was on that third line with Eller down the middle? Does LaPierre get bumped up into the Oshie spot and play with McMichael and Mantha, who are listed as the second line on Wednesday? I'm interested to see this because I remember we talked about with John Walton earlier this week. I asked him, will we ever see McMichael and LaPierre on the same line? And what did Walton say? He said, well, you know, you don't really want to move the forwards around too much or at least get in the way of the wingers. They're very solid on the wing, which they are. But now Oshie is out. Will we see Lop here maybe jump up into that spot? I'm really intrigued. Or does Eller get moved to the wing? Lop here comes down the middle and throws someone else up the wing. That's a great possibility as well. We will not know until morning skate line rushes because I'm intrigued by that. I'm intrigued by the thought of putting the two rookies together. Anthony Mantha has that scoring touch. You can put him in the middle. 
He's got that big frame of his. He can play down low. LaPierre McMichael, both are very young and gifted playmakers. I would love to see those two guys play together. They clicked very well during the preseason. Yes, that is true, guys. I understand what you're saying. That was the preseason against a hybrid of NHL, AHL rosters, and junior players as well. I still think, though, you, you give it an honest thought because even in preseason hockey, the camaraderie between a couple of players can certainly help build each other's confidence. And McMichael has been playing some great hockey lately. Wednesday may have been a little bit of a step back given his defensive play, but then again, I think the defense on the back end didn't help out either. Uh, TVR and Fairvari's pairing did not quite work out too well. But Lapierre, I believe, is in real need of another jump. You know, he played well, had a couple of good looks in that third period against Detroit, but it seems like the that fire that you know that fire start the fire starter, if you will, during the regular season, the first game of the regular season, when he scores the goal with TJ Oshie getting the assist, the guy who he's been picking his brain about. I thought that was a real great moment, but since then, you're right. It's a little bit sizzled out. He's only he's missed the lineup a couple times with McMichael really starting to pick it up. And I think if you put those two together, let the kids loose a couple times during the game, I think they could be certainly a dynamic duo if you give them the, if you give them the chance. They're both young kids. They both know that they want to be everyday NHLers. I think McMichael's starting to realize it's going to be a little bit more attainable for him. But LaPierre wants that too. And I believe McMichael may have felt something in the preseason that those two can work together. I'm not saying this is going to be a, you know, a combination like Curry and Gretzky. Dare I go way too far, but I'm, I don't think they're going to be like that level of excessive tandem, but I think you put the two together. They could be a, a couple real good young talents. McMichael, being the nice finisher, Lapierre, the great playmaker. Those two guys, I think, could work well together and gel well together. So we'll see how it goes tonight. Like I said, TJ Oshie out week to week, which opens up opportunities for other players. I haven't heard about anyone getting called up as of yet. Let me just quick check their cap friendly here for you so I can tell you who could possibly fill into that role because, unfortunately, off the top of my head, I don't know who all the scratches are right now for Washington. Uh, Daniel Sprong was out of the lineup on Wednesday, didn't play a whole lot Monday, so maybe he gets back in. Uh, That could be a move that Peter Laviolette makes, bringing him back to the lineup. I thought he had an okay start to the season. Obviously, he slowly has played diminished over the last couple games, but it's still early. So maybe Sprong gets back in the lineup. Like I said, I, I... I'm not, this is, I know we're going to talk about Arizona here in a minute, and I know Arizona's not the best team. This is not a knock on the Coyotes, even though I've knocked them very hard before, and especially over the last year that they've had off the ice in particular. I would not be shocked if we saw LaPierre McMichael play together. I think if you're going to do something like that, try it tonight and see how it goes with the two youngsters. So we'll get to the preview of tonight's matchup here in just a moment, but I got to remind you guys about Built Bar. Do you guys know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? Something for everyone. And if you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out because Built Bar fans are definitely passionate about them. Coconut, raspberry, double chocolate, orange, and more. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box of all nine of the flavors, two of each in the mixed box. 
Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but healthy too. Calories ranging from 130 to 180 and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs and more healthy facts. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Arizona Coyotes, 0-6-1 on the season. And to make matters worse, they are on the second half of a back-to-back. They actually had to fly out of Tampa last night to come up to Washington tonight. I am saying right now, kids, they are tired, they are beaten, they are withering. They just got hammered last night by the Bolts. Even though, actually, it's funny, I, I say they were hammered. They lose 5-1. to one. Shots on goal, I believe, are only 28-25 in favor of Tampa. So it's not like the Coyotes got demoralized. Not like how Colorado and St. Louis went last night, where the ads, I think, almost quadrupled the shots, the shot total for the the Blues last night. It was like 43-19 or something like that. Anyways, we'll talk about that game later. We do our quick recap. But the thing is that this, yes, this Arizona team was going to be in the Shane Wright sweepstakes. And I've talked about it before, how I wonder, Mike, will Shane Wright sit out a year of the draft because of this? But that's to be foreseen later on down the line. The Coyotes are struggling, guys. Outside of that, their shootout loss to the Buffalo Sabres, I think that was game two of the season, they have not lost a game by less than two goals. And by losing by two goals, that has happened only once. That coming, I believe it was, was it Tuesday? Monday or Tuesday against the Florida Panthers, they lost five to three. That was the closest loss margin in regulation that the Coyotes have had this year. And I'm not even going to discuss the fact that they lost 8-2 to Columbus. I believe that was game one of the year. I mean, the Coyotes are not a good hockey team, guys. I don't think anyone's really shocked by that statement. Yes, during this offseason, they did a lot of offloading. They got rid of Ekman Larson's contract. That was great. But they also lost Connor Garland, who slowly became, was becoming arguably their best forward. Darcy Kemper gets moved on up to the Colorado Avalanche. He's doing okay there now as that team starts to find their footing. But I'll be honest with you, until Carter Hutton was signed as their starting goal, their alleged starting goaltender, I did not know who their goaltenders were. I'll be 100% honest with you. I thought these were, you know, when you play NHL franchise mode or dynasty mode, how it used to be called, where you would play and if you like simulated a couple of years and all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, he had these young prospect goaltenders. Here is Ivan Provatev and Carol Vemelka. I'm like, those are a couple very randomly generated names, but I believe you. Well, that's I thought that's kind of how I thought how it was. But yeah, I I I don't know. I mean, is this the, the joke was the beginning of this season that the Buffalo Sabres spread to win games was around like 16 and a half with some people. A lot of people took the under because they were gonna be that bad. And now they're well over a quarter of the way there for that, so maybe that won't happen. But now Arizona may be looking like that team that may lose a lot of games. But they, you know, they still have Clayton Keller there. No question, he is the franchise player. No one's really denying that by any stretch of the imagination. Has three goals through the first seven games for Arizona, which does lead the team. I. I mean, poor guy. He signed up through 7.15, and it goes off the board on cap friendly. 
Uh, the other big contract, of course, was Nick Schmaltz, who is at 5.85. This team is not going to win a whole lot. Yeah, they have a lot of older guys, too. So, yes, they are severely rebuilding. I mean, Antoine Roussel, Jay Beagle, Andrew Ladd, uh, Anton Strollman, who is at the end of his contract. I mean, I, I, I look at guys like uh, like Shane Gossespierre and particular Andrew Ladd guy, and Louis Erickson as well. Guys that just kind of withered away for their teams and eventually kind of were outcasts and dumped to the side. That, that right there was always kind of tough. I'm, and here's, here's the worst part, too. I myself, once again, junior head here, I loved Barrett Hayden coming up. I thought to myself, he was going to be a huge player for the Coyotes. Had a great uh, World Junior Tournament a few years back with Team Canada. Injured as well. And I was like, man, he's gonna he can maybe help this team. But then again, I said that about Dylan Strom. I said that about Clayton Keller. And this franchise is still the same. They had one decent year. They would have I they would have made the playoffs, I'm pretty sure, in 2019-2020. The regular playoffs. They were able to get through the qualifying round in the bubble and then got hammered by the Colorado Avalanche. Since then, it's been all backwards. Whether it be ownership, whether it be um, John Chaka leaving the team right before the playoffs, whether it be how Billy Armstrong has handled the team, handled his staff. Oh my gosh, Katie Strang, shout out to you. There's not been going a whole lot going well down in Glendale. And now the fact that they're not even going to be allowed in their own building next year is, is another kind of wrinkle to throw in the plans here for the Arizona Coyotes. I don't expect them to do a whole lot, guys. I mean, I, I'm serious. 15 wins may be the goal here for the Arizona Coyotes because I came into this season thinking that the Sabres were going to be worse than Arizona. I don't know why, because at least Buffalo has two NHL goaltenders. Whether they've played more in the past or now, they start off with Dustin Tokarski and Craig Anderson, and they have Uko Pekalukkanen in the system. I think he, you know, he needs a little more time to develop, but I feel like he can be a great goaltender one of these days. And and Buffalo at least has Dylan Cousins, and they have a couple players they can bring up, and obviously they're still going to be in the rebuilding stage for another couple of years with the whole Jack Eichel situation. But all things were considered, I'm like, oh, with everything going on in Buffalo, they're going to be awful. Well, they are starting off okay. They will probably taper off eventually, but Arizona, you can't taper off more than you already have. <laughs> so Capitals have them tonight, 7 o'clock puck drop at Capital One Arena. Once again, I, I'm not saying the word trap game here, but this is an opportunity to maybe get some younger players in the lineup. I, like I said, McMichael and LaPierre, throw those two together. Give them an honest look. Let them play together, see how they do. Maybe you have something there. If not, hey, you tried it against Arizona. What is the worst that could happen if you mess that up? Uh, we're probably going to see uh, Carl Vamelka in tonight for Arizona. He catches with the right hand, in case you all are curious. I actually had to look up his numbers because I had no offense to him and folks from the Czech Republic. I had never heard of him. It was only a couple years ago he was playing in the Czech 2 League. Played last year for uh, Kometa Brino in the top Czech in the Extra Liga. 
Um, did okay. Had a 9-11 save percentage with a 2.79 goals against with a team that uh, with a record that he had 14 and 21 was their main starter last year. Played about every single game. Uh, the, that team in general took a dip, but he's he's had pretty consistent numbers in the Czech League. He had a 9-11 save percentage two years ago as well in 43 games, and has always been a solid goaltender in the Czech system. But now we get a chance to see him in the NHL. He started off the year 0-3-1 with a 3-1-5 goals against average and 8-99 save percentage. He is their best goaltender so far, which the word yikes just comes right across my mind. But like I said, an opportunity for the Washington Capitals to try some stuff tonight. They do have a couple days off, actually, after this game Friday before they take on two Florida teams. They hit they hit the Sunshine State for a pair taking on Tampa on Monday, and then on Thursday, a couple more days off to take on Florida. So the boys are going to catch some sun there before they come back in a nice cold November months in the district. So uh, we're going to get to the scores from last night, the games that are on tap tonight here on Locked On Capitals here in just a moment. And yes, we will discuss Joel Quinville. But... Guys, the 2021-22 season has begun with a new web interface for the start of the basketball and hockey season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online remains your number one spot for all the action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive the bonus. From basketball, football, baseball, the NHL, boxing, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Let's hit the scoreboard from last night. We talked about Arizona already. Tampa going above 500 for the first time in a while. That's something I didn't think I would say at game eight of the season for them, but they win five to one. Calgary. I, once again, I don't want to say Calgary dominated Pittsburgh last night. This was the game I watched last night and uh, PB&G. But the Flames look really good. They're 5-1-1 now after the 4 nothing win. Shutout for Jacob Markstrom, who was sensational. That's why I said I don't want to say the Flames dominated, but I think the fact that Jacob Markstrom handled the Pittsburgh offense, while I know that they are depleted with some players, Sidney Crosby could have made his return last night, but didn't. He's still out for another night. But Markstrom made some huge saves in that game, able to pick up the win for Calgary, their fifth of the season. Carolina stays undefeated with a 3-0 win over the Boston Bruins. They are now 6-0-0 on the year. Colorado, they, on the stat sheet, dominated the St. Louis Blues. Jordan Bennington, Daniel, lost his mind, took a swing at Nazem Kadri. Kadri, of course, gets the 10-minute misconduct, not Bennington for being a complete goof. Colorado wins, though, only their third win of the season. They improved to 3-4. and four. That 4-3 four, loss for St. Louis is their first of the season. Philadelphia's back-to-back wins in the Pacific Northwest, knocking off the Vancouver Canucks last night in a 2-1 score. They are 4-1-1 on the year. The Buffalo Sabres in overtime beating the Anaheim Ducks in a game that Buffalo actually looked real good. They got a lot of chances and a real good game, too. I think a real good game played by... Um, Oh, gosh, who was in that last night? That's right, Craig Anderson was in that last night. I had to click it, I'm sorry. I'm like, who was in that? Craig Anderson played masterful against the Ducks. 4-3 overtime winners for the still red-hot Sabres. The Seattle Kraken and Minnesota Wild had a great game. The Kraken played really well. Probably so far the best game that I think I've seen 
Philip Grubauer play in Seattle. They win four to one at home. They're three, four and one on the year. Minnesota only their second loss of the season. Winnipeg three two winners over Los Angeles Kings. There is a team that I did not expect to be one five and one at the beginning of the season. And the Montreal Canadiens avenge their loss to San Jose and Santa Bell. They head out west for their Death Valley trip to California and shut out the Montreal shut out the San Jose Sharks in Montreal. Jake Allen picking up the shutout in the four to nothing win. Games on tap for this Friday: Florida taking on Detroit. That game will be at 7 o'clock in, in Little Caesars Arena in Detroit. The Rangers hosting the Blue Jackets, an interesting Metro Division battle. We talked about the Caps and Coyotes. Blackhawks go down to Carolina to try to break that streak of theirs, try to ignore the off-ice issues, and beat the undefeated Carolina Hurricanes. I can't tell you who is going to be the favorite in that matchup. Anaheim heads over to Vegas to take on the Golden Knights, who have won back-to-back games. Ottawa and Dallas in an interesting matchup in the Lone Star State. I'm going to want to say, I want to quickly run through the games on Saturday and Sunday here. Islanders take on the Predators Saturday night. Montreal heads to LA. Jets host or go to the San Jose Shark Tank. Florida 7-0 goes to Boston, take on the Bruins. Red Wings and Leafs in Toronto. Devils taking on Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. The Blackhawks then go to St. Louis. Minnesota and Colorado in Denver. Edmonton and Vancouver is the late Hockey Night in Canada game. Flyers taking on the Flames in Calgary. Arizona and Carolina on Sunday. Boy, tough trip here for Arizona. Montreal takes on Anaheim to finish up their trip. Sabres and Kings. Blue Jackets, Devils, and the Rangers make their first trip to Seattle. That is your weekend slate for the National Hockey League. So let's, let's talk about this, guys. I know this is something we've been talking about for days now. If you're getting sick of it, I'm sorry, but I will say make sure if you want to keep more up to date and a little bit more in depth, be sure to check out our Locked On NHL show and also check out Locked On Blackhawks. They've been obviously providing great coverage on this, but since you guys were kind of to make this your first listen today and every day, I felt like it was my due diligence to keep you updated on what is going on with the Chicago Blackhawks sexual assault case. Yesterday, Joel Quinville went up to New York to meet with Gary Bettman, the commissioner of the National Hockey League. They talked around 2 o'clock. There was a lot of discussion, and for the next, I think it was like seven hours, eight hours, we all sat by our phones waiting for the inevitable. That came around 10 o'clock Eastern time last night, maybe about 9.30, 9.45. There were plenty of reports before that. A lot of insiders putting this stuff out. Yes, people with blue check marks as well, not just me. But... The the word came out that Joel Quinville resigned as the head coach of the Florida Panthers. Uh, listen, I'm not shocked at it by any stretch of the imagination. I think this was uh, this was going to happen. I'm still a little chafed the fact that Joel Quinville got to coach Wednesday night. I I, I don't understand that logic at all. I don't understand the logic either that he was not willing to discuss anything. And then even after the game was not willing to face the noise and get questions from the media. Bill Zito had to issue a written out a written out statement after the game, the game when they beat Boston on Wednesday night. I I don't know. I, I really don't know what to expect out of all this going forward. Obviously, and a lot of people say, oh, he resigned. That means he's going to be allowed to resign. Well, it's very clear. Danny Wirt said on Tuesday that none of the members involved 
in the report by from Jenner and Block will ever be allowed to work again for the Chicago Blackhawks, which would include here Joel Quinville. Now, there were a lot of speculations last night who's going to take his job. Some people throw the name John Tortorella out there. I, that's not been confirmed yet. As of right now, the interim head coach is going to be Andrew Burnett, Mr. Expansion Team Andrew Burnett. And listen, I the Florida Panthers, whether, whether this was the Florida Panthers or whether this was the NHL stepping in, someone made the right decision here. But Tyler had said he resigned. Come on. Resigned, all that means, guys, is that they don't have to pay him as much as they were to fire him. He was asked to step down. Same thing with Sam Bowman. Same thing with Al McIsaac. I, I'm, I'm a little disappointed in the Florida Panthers, though. I feel like they had a chance to make a statement here and say, you know what, coach, you don't have, you're not coaching tonight. With everything that's going on, you're going to meet with Bettman tomorrow. Take the night off. That could have been done, but it wasn't. That's why I'm a little annoyed by how long this took. I was listening to the Chris Johnson show yesterday, and Chris said, Mike, well, the NHL knew about this on Monday. Why didn't they talk about it with him sooner? But that's a discussion for another day. Kevin Cheveldayoff, who was the assistant GM in 2010 with the Chicago Blackhawks, he is meeting now with Bettman today. They decided to move it up from Monday because the Jets organization has decided that they want to get this out of the way now. They don't want to deal with a weekend of speculation and questioning. They're going to get this over nip it in the butt. If the inevitable happens there, none of us will be shocked. By the inevitable, I mean Kevin Cheveldayoff stepping down as the GM of the Winnipeg Jets, who are not having a great, they're having an okay start to the year. I, you know, obviously Sheffield out did a great job in the offseason, but you really can't avoid this. You really cannot, with everything that has come out here, you have to be holding these people accountable. I still think, I mean, this story is not over yet. Long, not over. Not even close, guys. We're talking years here. Because if you guys didn't hear Kyle Beach's interview with Rick Westhead on Wednesday prior to the games, the fact of the matter is this. The NHL Players Association needs to have a hard look in the mirror. There needs to be a discussion in there. I'm not saying, I don't know if it's going to be a full-blown investigation or what, but there needs to be discussions on the people that are in charge in that realm. Because obviously it's clear they didn't help either. They did not take care of this issue. So we'll obviously do our best to keep you updated, but like I said, keep tuning in to Locked On NHL for your second or even third listen of the day because you can also go make your second listen of the day after making this Locked On Capitals your first listen every day. Locked On Fantasy Hockey host Scott Cullen uses his decades of fantasy hockey experience to help you be dominant in your fantasy league or pool, free and available on all platforms every day just like this one here. So that is it for another week of Locked On Capitals. It is the Friday edition. We'll be back Monday, of course, recapping a little bit of tonight's game against Arizona. And then with Monday, getting ready to take on the Stanley Cup champs for the second time already this season. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Caps. Be sure to follow me, the insider of the insiders, Tyler Kuehl, at TJKU29 on Twitter and Instagram, posting puppy pics. We're going to be, wife and I are taking our little Wixie to the uh, Corgis in the Park event by us, which means dogs are going to get dressed up in their Halloween outfits, which means a bunch of cute puppy pics will probably be up tomorrow. So follow me if you want to. If you want, if you want some kind of 
harmless, innocent fun in your life and some humor, something to laugh at, tomorrow will be the day for that. Thank you once again for watching this episode and this week of Locked On Capitals. We have two guests next week lined up, guys. I'm not going to say who or when yet because, well, A, obviously plans can always change over the weekend. B, got to keep you on your toes. Got to keep you guessing. Who could it be? One's a writer. One's a broadcaster. No, not Walton. No, not Samantha. We already talked to them. We'll talk to them again, but not next week. Who? 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 You'll find out next week on Locked On Capitals. Have a good weekend, guys.